What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Rams fans, welcome into Rams Showcase. My name is Sheriff Joe Bags. Tonight, the LA Rams had quite the regular season, but we'll peek at some possible awards. Plus, the story could not get any better. Wild card, Rams at Lions. We have your full game preview and later, Fan Queso's Playoff Edition, answering your question ahead of the Rams playoff run. Before we get into the action here, uh, ramshowcase.com is where you're going to snag your Ram Showcase t-shirts. Uh, so they're right under that merch tab. Super easy to find and a super awesome shout out to AJ for helping me out with those, those t-shirts. At Ram Showcase, at Sheriff Joe Bags, that's where you're going to follow on uh, where uh, wherever you live life or on social media. You know how it goes. So we will get into the game preview. That is going to be uh, the very large bulk of uh, these uh, these podcasts, as uh, as many as we can get. Maybe this is the only one. Maybe we got four more or three more after this. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but that is going to be the bulk of it. But first, kind of wanted to take a peek. Uh, we'll do a full look back on uh, the Rams season once it officially ends, but we're still going right now. So we're still, um, we'll see, we're still, you know, eyeballs forward right now. But uh, just uh, some heads up on some possible awards. Uh, these usually come out uh, the day before the Super Bowl. Uh, so we will have a little bit of time until we'll know about these. Uh, but just a heads up on uh, possible I guess some nominations out of the uh, the LA Rams. So first and foremost, uh, Matthew Stafford is technically um, a candidate for comeback player of the year. I'm just not sure how you don't give it to a guy who died on national television. So there's that aspect of it. It is also possible that uh, Sean McVay wins coach of the year. There are some very strong candidates as far as this goes. If I was a voter, obviously I go Sean McVay. Uh, but if I was a non non Rams biased <laughs> voter, I would probably still vote for Sean McVay because what he was able to do was unbelievable. But I think that uh, D'Amico Ryan's out in Houston deserves a massive nod for what he was able to do with that team this year. Uh, next is, uh, of course, it's possible that uh, Puka Nakua wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. We feel pretty good about that one, although C.J. Stroud out in Houston as well definitely might have something to say about that. But I would say um, I, I've said it before. C.J. Stroud had an absolutely incredible year, especially the way that he was able to end the season. Absolutely great for him. Uh, but we've seen what C.J. Stroud is doing uh, this year. We've never seen what Puka Nakua has done this year, which is break two NFL records. Although, uh, yes, he uh, he did get more games to do it. Um, and I saw like uh, on uh, on my Facebook post, a lot of the comments were like, yeah, but he did it in more games. And it's like, well, so why is he the only one to do it then? Like, why is he why is he first then? Why wasn't any of these, you know, first round wide receivers uh, doing this? Aren't they supposed to be the ones to do it? Let's not minimize Puka Nakua's accomplishments here. That's uh, that's my entire point on this, uh, that even though there was an extra game, even though. Um, you know, the NFL is obviously very different now than in 1960 when Bill Groman set this uh, set one of those records. Uh, I, I think that uh, there there's no need to minimize what Puka Nakua was able to do this season. And I think on top of what he was able to do on the football field and just like his ability to just like kill it out there is uh, he's also one of the most genuinely good human beings that I've ever like followed, encountered. Uh, we were able to meet him up in Denver for a very short time. Uh, but 
uh, yeah, just a, just a good dude. He like runs off the field and the first thing that he does is he calls his mom. He broke the record. He runs over and he gives that football to his mom. I don't know what he said. It's none of our business what he said. Uh, but you could just tell that they were sharing quite the moment there. And I, I don't know how anybody has any kind of hatred or dislike towards Puka Nakua. It makes absolutely no sense to me at all. And then uh, your final one here uh, is uh, Kobe Turner, who it is absolutely possible. Kobe Turner can walk away with defensive rookie of the year. I think that this is totally reasonable, although uh, Las Vegas still has the odds uh, sitting, you know, away from Kobe Turner, sitting in second right now. Uh, but uh, as the voters go, which is who we need to vote for Kobe Turner, I think that uh, Kobe Turner actually has a very good shot at uh, this record for defensive rookie of the year. He had an absolutely unbelievable year, tied the Aaron Donald mark for most sacks in franchise history in a rookie season, which is obviously incredible. Had more sacks than Aaron Donald this year. And I also just found out today that uh, Kobe Turner has a higher, uh, he, his, his rate of being double blocked is higher than Aaron Donald's right now. And I don't know what you're supposed to do with that information because I haven't fully processed it yet, that people, offensive lines, are giving more attention to Kobe Turner than they are to Aaron Donald right now. And uh, like obviously there's a lot of different factors that go into that, but if Kobe Turner is going to become one of these guys, then uh, to have Aaron Donald alongside of him is, first of all, already crazy exciting. We'll see how long Aaron Donald plays alongside Kobe Turner, but while we got it, that is actually an unbelievable combo. So that is absolutely awesome. Uh, before we get into the game preview, just a quick transaction note for you. I'll refresh the page over on uh, this side. Uh, but the Rams did waive uh, defensive end Ernest Jones. And uh, this came as a bit of a surprise. He's still a pretty young guy. Um, but this did come uh, as a bit of a surprise to myself. Uh, and then it was also on his birthday. So, I mean, like, what a, just a middle finger. <laughs> somebody commented and they were like, did he wave back? Which is like, I mean, somebody's going to tweet that every time that somebody gets waved. Uh, like my comment back to that was like, he probably had a, it was his birthday. He probably had a different hand gesture, I would guess. Uh, but he has officially been added back to the practice squad. So he is still around. Um, I kind of feel like the Rams were maybe going to try to make a move uh, to, to kind of address something maybe edge rusher something like that uh but uh they, they they we have not seen a corresponding move in that regard but it does to my count uh there is a um an open active roster spot at the moment so we'll see how the rams go ahead and decide to fill that all right it is time the los angeles rams sitting at a 10 and 7 record coming in at the sixth seed playing at the detroit lions with a 12 and 5 record sitting with the three seed right now. This game kicks off at 5.15 Pacific time on NBC. We will have Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth in the booth with Melissa Stark on the sideline. If you are uh, driving around or uh, going to be catching the radio broadcast on, of this game, uh, that will be on Westwood One with Sparrow Didis, Mike Mayock, and Ross Tucker. Again, though, this game is on, uh, it's the Sunday night game. So uh, there's, I mean, obviously that's a perfect slot. I didn't need to work with my work schedule. That's uh, that's one of my favorite parts of this entire thing. Also, my niece's birthday parties this Saturday. I didn't want to be the uh, the terrible uncle who's like, who's like, yeah, I, I love you and stuff, but uh, I mean, the Rams are in the playoffs, <laughs> which I would have done. You have to do it. Uh, if you're a better on this game, uh, the line did open up. Um, I, there's been a lot of shifting in the line in this one. Uh, but uh, right now, I'm going to go ahead and keep it uh, on my notes here as uh, the Rams plus three and a half money line. Rams uh, plus 152. 
And uh, over under sitting at 51 and a half, I got to say, I think it's going to be way over. I, we'll dive into the gate, like we're diving into numbers and, and all kinds of stuff right now. But uh, something tells me both quarterbacks are going to be very much on as uh, both secondaries also have been kind of struggling. So this is such a, an interesting matchup. It's, you know, it, there's so many different moving pieces of this one. And I'm going to try to get all of the information that I like can possibly pack into this with it being a coherent thing of just like, not just absolutely just, just, you know, unloading just numbers and stats and years on you. I'm going to try to make this like coherent. <laughs> right? And uh, we did get the, well, I, I, it's bad news. We were not able to get Kurt Steele this week. It was just my work schedule, his schedule. It just did not work out at all. Uh, but Kurt Steele, I know he's out there. He's pumped about this one. I know uh, he's a big Lions fan, one of the absolute homies. And uh, you know what? I, like, I'd be stoked for him if the Lions won. I'd be very sad for me. Uh, but I know he's going to be watching. And uh, to, to Kurt, if you are listening, man, good luck to your boys, man. This should be one hell of a game to watch on, uh, on Sunday. So some notes that we're looking for in this one. This is the first Lions playoff game since January 7th of 2017. That was a lost loss to the Seattle Seahawks. And this is the first Lions playoff home game since January 8th of 1993. That was a loss to the Green Bay Packers. The last time the Rams, or the, excuse me, uh, that was a, the, I don't know if I said win there. That was not supposed to be win. That was just last playoff home game for the Detroit Lions, January 8th, 1993 lost to the Packers. The last time the Lions won a playoff game at home was January 5th of 1992. That was a win against the Dallas Cowboys at the Pontiac Silverdome. Nine straight playoff losses for the Detroit Lions since uh, that game, though. January 5th of 1992, your very own Sheriff Joe Baggs was uh, about six months old, almost. So uh, it's been quite a while, and I definitely do not remember uh, this game, as uh, I wasn't doing a lot of uh, football watching, I would guess, at this time. So, uh, but that is absolutely crazy. I was about six months old for this one. I'm an old man now at uh, 32 years old. So, so that's good news. But uh, the Lions, that was the last time they won a home playoff game. And it's just, that's, that's crazy. The Silver Dome, man. That's, uh, that's super cool. Super cool. This is also the first non-Super Bowl playoff game at Ford Field and the second playoff game ever at Ford Field. As uh, the only one is uh, Super Bowl XL. That was the Steelers defeating the Seattle Seahawks. This is the Lions' 21st ever playoff game. Only 21. They've only played 20 so far. This is their 21st playoff game. They overall have a 7-13 and all-time postseason record. And in the wildcard round alone, and I know that there's been some you know shifts in, uh, in the structures and all that stuff, and especially these are two very old teams. Uh, but all time in the wild card round, the Detroit Lions are 0 and 9. This is the first Rams playoff game since February 13 of 2022. What a great day it was! Win over the Cincinnati Bengals, SoFi Stadium for the Super Bowl. This is the first uh, Rams playoff road game since January 23rd of 2022. That was in Tampa Bay. That was when we really, really like we already knew obviously that Cooper Cup was unbelievable. But this is where we kind of all started. And I don't know if maybe you were doing this before, but this is where I started calling him Cooper Clutch because, man, those two catches on that last drive against uh, Tampa Bay and being able to go on on the road into Tom Brady's house and uh, send him home, uh, that uh, that is so sweet. And, uh, yeah, Cooper Clutch coming in clutch, of course. 
This will be Matthew Stafford's first time playing back in Detroit since he was traded. Of course, uh, that's a pretty heavy storyline for this game. I think everybody's kind of talking about that one right now. Uh, this will also be Matthew Stafford's first time playing a playoff game in Detroit as he was, of course, 0-3 all-time in the playoffs as a Lion, 4-0 as a Ram. And uh, this is going to be the 54th playoff game all-time for the Rams with a 26-27 and record all-time, so could even it up with a dub. And the Rams are also 5-6 and all-time in the wild-card round. Could even that up with a dub. The storyline here, though, is, uh, like I said, extremely easy. Matthew Stafford versus Detroit. It's Jared Goff versus Sean McVay. We know that. Well, it's been drilled into us and we definitely know it, but it is very real. It is a very real thing that we're all talking about because it's awesome. That is the coolest part. We got young, flashy, efficient offense with the no-name defense versus the hard-nosed, beat-you-ugly Lions. And I absolutely love this um, this combination of teams kind of facing off in the playoffs. This is kind of what playoffs is all about, you know what I mean? Like, you got the Rams who... Really, like, I mean, let's call it what it is. We probably weren't supposed to be here, right? Then you had the Lions coming in uh, last year, uh, and, like, like obviously the uh, the, the Lions have, have kind of been building this up for the last few years, uh, but they are. They're, with Dan Campbell, I mean, we, we heard it right away. The biting kneecaps and stuff like that. That's the vibe that this whole team has. They are just, you know, do whatever it takes to win this game, while the Rams, on the, on the flip side of that, uh, especially on offense, is very much just like, create mismatches and use motion and in different, uh, you know, play structures and stuff like that to just force the defense into bad spots where they can't really defend everything that you're trying to do. Um, but uh, I, I talk a lot about zooming out uh, when we're talking about like the Rams and anything like that of like when we're coming into this year, it's like, yeah, but zoom out, you know, like we need to do this. We need to get, you know, some, some young guys in here. We need to eat this dead cap and stuff like that. But you know what? Not right now. Not when looking at the Lions. Zooming out would tell us that the Rams, with their experience, should beat up on the Lions, who are very much in uncharted territory. But this is time to zoom in. Zooming in on this game as uh, the Detroit Lions barely missed the playoffs last season. And that was because the Rams lost in Week 18. And I don't, I haven't really heard a lot of people talking about this one. This is definitely something that I've been bringing up. Uh, but let's not forget, the Detroit Lions beat the Green Bay Packers in Week 18 last year and would have gone to the playoffs if the Rams were able to pull off a win in Week 18, which they did not, which meant the Green Bay Packers, uh, or the, excuse me, the Detroit Lions were not able to to move on into the, um, into the postseason. And you got to think that there's at least some part of them that's like, we were supposed to be there last year. And this team ruined it for us because they lost. It's like, you know what? So let's just step on them and kind of keep on rolling. You got to think that that's going to be kind of the vibe coming out of Detroit uh, for this game. And especially with the roots of this game being so embedded and being so deep all the way down for like, obviously we have the Jared Goff and, and Matthew Stafford, you know, kind of deal. But then you kind of dig further into like the Josh Reynolds kind of thing where he was here uh, for Super Bowl stuff and then. And then you also have Brad Holmes, who was with the Rams for so many years, starting in 2001, and then just a couple of years ago became the GM of the Detroit Lions and has done a killer job. So yeah, the the roots of these um, this kind of matchup, uh, they do run pretty deep. But this is the exact scenario for the Detroit Lions to take out all of their playoff aggression on a young team who wasn't supposed to still be playing. And I kind of talk about this a lot, and uh, I talked about it obviously, like like. 
like ad nauseum of the of uh, going into the season of like I don't think that this is going to be the same the same football team in week one as it is in week eighteen, and that is very much the truth. I mean, this team in week one, obviously beating Seattle, that was awesome and stuff like that. But it turns out Seattle's kind of cheeks, so it didn't really matter that much. You know what I mean? It's not a playoff team and stuff like that. And then now Pete Carroll's gone and all that. But that's kind of we'll talk about that all later. Uh, when the Rams are done playing football, we'll talk about all that stuff. But uh, so I and and it absolutely is true. So you look at um look at the turning point of the season, which I really kind of see is that like that Steelers Cowboys Packers stretch where the Rams lost all three of those and then went into the bye week with a three and six record and just ultimately not feeling good. That low point in the Green Bay Packers game that was the Rams' lowest point of the season for sure. Britt Rippon had like 86 passing yards or something like that. And it was just absolutely terrible. And I mean, in fairness, looking at the other side of the sideline on that game uh, at Lambeau Field, you look across there and uh, I I would say that neither of those teams at that point of the season were going to be playoff teams and definitely turned it around. Since that game, the Rams only loss is in Baltimore uh, in overtime which Baltimore, number one seed out of the AFC. So, I mean, that would be super sick to get another crack at those guys uh, for sure. But that is a big part of this right now is the fact that the Rams just really, really turned it around. But I say that to say that it took until the bye week for the Rams to really kind of buckle down and flip it around and get it going. And if you heard the Rams revealed with Rob Havenstein this week, which, first of all, if you haven't, unbelievable. The Definitely the best one of the season for sure. Big Rob Havenstein, that guy is absolutely awesome. One of the two uh, St. Louis Rams remaining on this roster, the other being, of course, Aaron Donald. But uh, if you kind of like look at all of, uh, like, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought there, I'll be totally honest with you. But you kind of look at all of these aspects of uh, of the, of this game and I, I, God, I totally lost my train of thought. What am I doing over here, man? I'm, I'm just getting too excited. I'm getting too pumped. I'm going to, okay, that's where I was. All right, so... Uh, so you you look at the the way that the Rams, the young roster, took until the bye week to really kind of gel and pull it together. But uh, Rob Havenstein talked about in uh, the Rams revealed that uh, that the playoffs it's it is different. It's it's turned up, and we've talked about this on Rams Showcase for for many years now. That uh, you know the the cuts are a little bit sharper, the the passes are a little bit tighter, the blocks are a little bit stronger, the tackles are a little bit more aggressive, the stiff arms just a little bit more stiff. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, you get that kind of atmosphere into the playoffs. And these guys, all of our first and second year guys have not played in the playoffs in, in the NFL. They don't know. And that does include, like, obviously we know, like, the Pukunakua, Byron Young, uh, Steve Avila, uh, Kobe Turner, all those guys. We know those guys uh, definitely are, are have not been in the playoffs. They haven't been in the league long enough. But that's also our second year guys. That's your that's your Darian Kendrick. That's your Kobe Durant. Uh, it's it's those guys as well that have also not seen the playoffs. So this is massive right now. This is very huge for the Rams uh, going into this with just inexperience in general. But at the same time, that's also what the Detroit Lions are dealing with as uh like their main playoff experience is coming from their quarterback, which was our playoff experience too. So that's kind of cool stuff. But. That is um that it's going to be different and we'll see if there's any kind of like learning curve or adjustment period for this young team. And if uh, if they're kind of having trouble kind of flipping that switch and, and, and moving forward on it. Um, so we'll see. But at the same time, with the leadership of this team, when you have Stafford Cup, uh, Donald Jones, you know, you have players like that 
then uh, hopefully all week in like in meetings all week long, they're saying like, this is going to be more intense. You have to turn it up. If you've been at 100% all year, it's 110 now. All right. And if you've been at 90%, first of all, what the hell are you doing out here? Also, you know, it's 110 now. All right. If you were at 105, it's 115 now. All right. You were doing well. You got to do better. All right. Everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be on. You miss uh you drop a ball. You may have lost the game and, and, and ended your season. You might be going home now. You know what I mean? You miss a block. You might be going home now. You, you throw an interception. You might be going home now. You miss a uh, uh, coverage and get beat deep. You might be going home now. So uh, it's, a, it's a lot of moving pieces. And, and now it's the playoffs. So everything has to be that much tighter. Let's take a look at the matchup of this game. And these will be uh, based off, of course, uh, just your regular season numbers. And in, until like, in, as we continue on, these will always be based off the regular season numbers. Um, but we can also kind of throw regular season out the window. I, I know that like I'm, I'm talking about rankings and stuff like that based on it, but you know, um, it's the, the regular season and what we call second season is, uh, it, it's a different animal. It's a different ball game entirely. Um, so, uh, you know, you can take out anything that happened in the regular season. You can kind of pretty much just toss it aside and it's like, okay, well no, then now it's one-offs because you can look at the whole regular season, but now it's, it's who's going to win on Sunday between the Rams and the Lions and your averages. I don't care about your averages. I don't care if your quarterback was, you know, bad in these situations on third and eight. He has this rating or I don't know. None of that matters anymore. Cause, uh, cause he might only get one or two chances to do that. And what if he kills it? So, uh, your averages kind of go out the window a little bit, like I said, but, uh, let's take a look at them. So, uh, the Rams offense sitting at, uh, seventh in the league right now in total yards, about 373 a game. Lions defense is 20th in the league. Uh, they are giving up a little under 360, 357. And uh, passing the football, Rams do have a top 10 unit here at 239 a game. And uh, the Lions 27th in the league against the pass, giving up about 247 and a half. So this is definitely a spot that the Rams could exploit. Running the ball, the Rams are 11th in the league, about 120 a game. And the Detroit Lions second in the NFL against the pass, 88.8 given up on the ground per game from the Detroit Lions. And points being scored, 23.8 a game for the Rams. That is 8th in the league, and the Lions given up 23.2. That is 23rd in the NFL. So Matthew Stafford, he's absolutely been on fire. 7-1 since the bye week. Of course, one of those wins, though, being Carson Wentz. And uh, this is Stafford's first time back in Detroit, and it gets to be a playoff game. And I realize that some people have like a scriptwriter's nailed it kind of attitude, uh, but I like to believe that there's some magic out there, you know, like sometimes cool things happen. You know what I mean? Like, like sometimes cool things can happen on accident and it's okay to admit that cool things can happen. And I hate that people like are pessimistic and then they just like, they call it realistic. And it's like, those are not the same words. Right. And like these are same people that are kind of like, they were saying like, there's no way the Rams make the playoffs this year. I'm just being realistic. Well, guess what's realistic? The Rams playing in a playoff game. They did it. That's realistic. It's not realistic to just be pessimistic all the time. All right. You're just a jerk. <laughs> but either way, that's uh, the Rams are here now. And I, I realize that uh, the script is like, it feels like it's like, it's like, man, that would have been amazing. But like, you also have like payo time calling it last summer. Like, you know what I mean? So like it, we knew that this was going to be a killer story and it happened. That's so sick. That is so sick. But yeah, cool things can happen. And I think that when people are like, they're like, we're, we're going to suck and everything sucks. I'm just being realistic. And it's like, dude, your life must be <laughs> God awful, man. That's, that's I feel bad for you. Like, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, the Lions, though, uh, second ranked run defense. This is uh, going to be a great test for the Rams offensive line. Also, Kyron Williams, 
Um, but I will say that, um, uh, like the, the averages again, like they kind of can get thrown out the window and Kyron Williams is on a bit of a roll right now. And I would say without certain people having certain seasons, Kyron Williams would, would be in the conversation for, um, for uh, offensive player of the year. Uh, cause he's, he's playing that good right now. He is absolutely one of the best running backs in the league today. I mean, and you can argue with me until you're blue in the face. Um, uh, but I'm just gonna, I like, I know that in my heart <laughs> that Kyron Williams, he's killing it right now. And you can't refute that. Absolutely not. Your three to see on the Rams offensive side of the football. We're going to go ahead and of course, start with the one and only Matthew Stafford, number nine, Brad Stafford. That's right. Well, maybe we get some more Brad Stafford. That'd be kind of cool, huh? Uh, but obviously, obviously he's the three to see here. He's going to, he's going to tell us that it's just another game against a team that he's going to go try to beat. Uh, and it's like playing anyone else. I feel like that's what he's going to probably say in like press conferences. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, but we know that he's just kind of saying stuff. You know, it's, this is some storybook stuff. And uh, since coming to the Rams, Matthew Stafford's career has unfolded like, like a great TV show, really. I mean, it starts with lots of winning celebrity appearances with like Von Miller and OBJ showing up and stuff like that. And then you end the first season with an absolute bang. Like you, you get the, like that, that absolute pinnacle moment of like you in the season finale and it's absolutely awesome. Uh, but then of course the main character in this situation, Matthew Stafford got to face some adversity. That's what makes a good story, right? So now we get the big climax of the story, in my opinion the return of Matthew Stafford. If we're talking about the story of Matthew Stafford, not the story of the Los Angeles Rams, we're talking the story of Matthew Stafford. This is kind of the pinnacle of it. This is the maximum awesomeness factor for the Matthew Stafford story of his entire career. The entire entirety of his time in Detroit and coming to the Rams, going to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, having a bad year and or like kind of a, a down year for the whole team. And then, coming back and then you play in Detroit for your first playoff game and Detroit hasn't played a home playoff game since baby Joe bags was around roaming around in diapers and stuff. That is absolutely storybook stuff. Unbelievable. But the return of Matthew Stafford to Detroit and being the first playoff game, the Lions have hosted in 31 years with the win, the lions, they, they show themselves that, that even though, uh, the, the trade worked out for the Rams faster that they still won too and made the right decision, you know, like, cause I've said plenty of times there was no winners and losers of the, well, there was two winners. There was no losers of this trade. I think that Matthew Stafford fits better with the Rams. And I think Jared Goff fits better with the Lions. And that, that is kind of like the ideal trade, right? Is that it would work out for everybody. And you're not like screwing somebody over. Uh, but it, if that, that's what it kind of goes back to, is it like, if, if the Lions can win this game, they basically show like, yeah, it may have worked for you faster. Matthew, <laughs> like you may have gotten a ring right away. It's like, but we're building something out here and we took our time on it and, and, and check it out kind of thing. And that's kind of some storybook stuff on their end. Like that's of the, of the story of the Detroit lions beating Matthew Stafford is one of those things of like, like, Hey man, we appreciate you, but Hey, we don't, we also don't need you. And that is a, an incredible storyline in itself. But if Stafford leaves victorious, which we're all, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely open for I'd say he shows the city of Detroit that no matter how much he loves it, it was holding him back. And, you know, to, to, to be able to look at his time in Detroit and everything that he gave to that team, I think the Rams going to Detroit and winning that game, especially in a season where we really weren't supposed to be that good, in a season where the Detroit Lions were supposed to be very good, I think that that, that whole dynamic just shows, of like, yeah, 
you know what? You're holding me back and I'm better off without you. I love you, but I'm better off without you. And I think that a lot of us can relate to that emotion uh, in different, you know, settings. I, I definitely can of like, yeah, yeah, I love you, but I'm better off without you. Like you're, you, you were holding me back and I'm better off now. And I think that that would be the absolute vibe if Matthew Stafford's able to walk away. So uh, either way, I mean, it, it's kind of like killer stories on either side. If either team wins, you have a good story out of it. The Detroit Lions being like, you know what? We've, we thank you for everything, but we are better now. We, you know, we were able to move on and we built something and it didn't have to be, you know, being carried by Matthew Stafford. And again, if Matthew Stafford wins, you get to say, I love you, but you were holding me back. I'm better off now. It's, he's in soul stealer mode too. I mean, let's not pretend like he's not absolutely killing it right now. He's also had a week to rest. That shoulder is going to be on fire right now, dude. And uh, yeah, Matthew Stafford about to throw for 900 yards, man. That's what, <laughs> that's I'm locking that in. Next up on the three to see is going to be Kyron Williams. A lot of story uh, this week will, of course, surround Matthew Stafford and rightfully so. Uh, but if we're looking at game planning, making sure that Kyron is able to find some space uh, against the second ranked run defense, uh, that's going to be extremely important for this Rams offense. The Rams ability to run the ball greatly impacts their ability to run their offense. And the way that it's supposed to be run, it, it has to have a, a strong run game. But that's where Kyron Williams comes in and is absolutely killing it. And the Lions also, I mean, 27th ranked pass defense in the league. If the Rams are able to get the ground game rolling at all, and therefore motion and play action is also rolling, then again, Matthew Stafford about to throw for 900 yards on these dudes. Man, hell yeah. And uh, last on my three to see for the offensive side of the football here, we're going to go with A.J. Jackson. Specifically A.J. Jackson, all right? So obviously we know that uh, the Rams pass attack with Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Demarcus Robinson, uh, that... That all those guys are absolutely awesome, but this line secondary, like we mentioned, 27th ranked in the league. Um, that's a matchup that the Rams should be feeling pretty good about as we go into this one. But we've seen it happen before in a game where Stafford should be carving up a weak secondary, but that seems to have like maybe they've got like a strong pass rusher and who keeps just throwing the plays a little bit off timing, even though it's a bad secondary. All indications say that Stafford should be absolutely lighting dudes up. Uh, then, you know, they have a pass rusher messes up the pocket, messes up the timing of the play. That's absolutely possible. And uh, the Lions, Aiden Hutchinson, he is that guy for the Detroit Lions and will likely uh, get a fair amount of reps against A.J. Jackson. Uh, but uh, it, it, not many teams have an undrafted left tackle. And Jackson has had his ups and downs this, this season for sure. Uh, but he has been absolutely awesome lately. And if Jackson and Steve on that uh, that left side, if uh, if they can kind of, hold it together against uh, a guy like Aiden, um, then, you know, especially when he's hitting those stunts. That's where Steve's going to really need to come in. But they've been playing really, really well together uh, on that left side. Uh, but also, I mean, Havenstein will also have, have to deal with it. Um, but uh, if this line can hold hold up and uh, just allow allow these wide receivers to hit their routes and allow Matthew Stafford to just scan the field without, you know, eyeballs on the pass rush, and he's looking at the secondary again. Matthew Stafford about to throw for 900 yards, dude. It's going to be so much fun. That's like, I've got like so many different bets going on this uh, stuff, but it's, it, it's just an absolute blast. But it, it, it really does feel like Matthew Stafford going into Detroit. It, it's kind of the perfect Matthew Stafford storm. You know what I mean? Like this is going to be like, it feels like it, it has all the makings of like being 
one of the best games for Matthew Stafford in his entire career. That's what the the stage is set. We just got to do it now. Let's flip over to the other side here where we will uh, look at the Lions offense going against the Rams defense. Lions offense, powerful. That is a good way to describe this Lions team in general. They're a very good team. You don't get the third seed by accident. Probably could have been a lot higher too. They had uh, some stretches in there where you're like, dude, are these Lions? What's going on with these Lions? Made me use high voice, you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, of course, uh, third in the NFL in total yards, about 407 a game. The Rams tied for 18th in total defense, about 353 a game, giving up passing the ball. Second in the NFL for the Lions, about uh, 259 a game. The Rams giving up 231, and that is 20th in the league. Running the ball, fifth for the Detroit Lions. And uh, yeah, they're all top five in uh, all of these categories. And uh, they're running the ball for about 136 a game. The Rams giving up about 107-ish a game. That is 12th in the league. And then uh, points being scored, 27.1 on average for the Lions. That is 5th. And the Rams giving up about 22.2. That is 19th in the NFL. Uh, Jared Goff is 2nd uh, in the NFL in passing yards and did lead the NFC in passing yards. We know that he's a good quarterback. We've, we've known, I mean, He took this team, took our team to a Super Bowl before. You know what I mean? So... We know that he's a, he's a very good, talented quarterback, and it seems like that's, uh, it's kind of all rolling right now. Uh, but Goff has had, he's had an awesome season. There's no denying that at all. And this Rams secondary is absolutely capable of giving up a big passing game. And you got to think that Jared Goff, like I know that a lot of story that we're talking about is like Matthew Stafford going to Detroit. How are they going to stop him? He's going to be so on fire. Uh, but I think Goff is hungry. And I like I, I even posted something uh, on Twitter about uh, or X uh, about, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, we know what Matthew Stafford can do. But more importantly, we know what Matthew Stafford can't do. But also, he's not the same quarterback that we had when he was here. He's not that same guy. I'll be honest, um, watching him play this year. It's there's been a lot of times where it's like, oh, this is a new this is a new Jared, actually. And I mean, we've we've seen his press conferences, stuff like that, you know, since going to Detroit. Uh, dude's hungry and dude really wants this and dude really wants to do it for the city of Detroit. And when you got that kind of motivation, man, anything can happen. Absolutely. But, uh, this secondary largely loaded with guys who did not even play against Jared Goff, Akello, DK, Kobe, Russ. Uh, these guys never played with Jared, uh, as a member of the Rams. There are of course some guys who did, you know, you got like John Johnson in there, you got Jordan Fuller in there. Um, but, uh, for the most part, uh, this secondary did not play with Goff. So there is not really any true connections there. Um, Aaron Donald, obviously quite the X factor when it comes to the Rams defense. And uh, he is also rested after having a week off arrested playoff. Aaron Donald, that's a scary human being. And uh, we know golf, like I said, you know, if, if Aaron Donald can get to Jared and um, I think Aaron Donald specifically getting to Jared Goff is kind of a different factor in this one uh, simply because uh, Aaron Donald, he's a mean guy. <laughs> and, and uh, when when he's not on your favorite football team, you you probably hate him. Like but most people I know that they're like they're like I realize he's awesome. I hate him, <laughs> which I love to hear. I think that's so funny. But also I totally get that. Could you imagine going against Aaron Donald? Sounds terrible. Sounds like a guy you'd be like, you know what? Screw this guy. Especially when he's choking out your team. But that, we're here for all of it. <laughs> I mean, you're three to see on uh, the defensive side of the ball here for the Rams. We're gonna go ahead and start with Ernest Jones. Ernest Jones has had a rather quietly, uh, he's, he's quietly had one of like, uh, one of the best seasons a Rams linebacker has ever had. And uh, of course, 
Uh, this is the first time being the leader of the defense. And uh, that Ernest Jones, I mean, the the way that Ernest Jones has been playing and the way that we saw him even in his first press conference, and we're, we're talking all the way back in the summertime here um, in training camp and stuff like that when, uh, you know, everybody kind of had already written the Rams out. You know, we trade away, you know, Jalen and, uh, we lose some other guys and stuff, and it's kind of like, well, what was what, what this Rams team doing? You know, we're kind of going away, and Ernest Jones was like, I don't see that at all. He's like, we got some dogs here, man. And it was like, all right, Ernest is here to play, man. And that was really cool. But a playoff Ernest Jones, that might just be the next big thing. This this could be like that um, that that run that the Rams had in 2021 where the Rams' defense was fine and then in the playoffs was absolutely shutting everybody down. That could absolutely be another thing that we see in uh in in this playoff run and also i mean you gotta think raheem morris he's gonna be look he's he's getting called for jobs right and if he has a really strong playoff run uh then i mean he's gonna be he's gonna be you know running a team here uh just a couple months <laughs> like honestly i mean weeks really like he's gonna be running a football team he's absolutely gonna get a head coach job my money's on atlanta that's irrelevant right now uh but um yeah either way it just kind of feels like ernest jones is one of those guys that he has that like won't let us lose kind of mindsets, and I'm so pumped to watch Ernest Jones in this game. To the way that he comes out and the way that he kind of handles himself in this one, I think is going to be massive. So it's going to be very fun to watch. Uh, next up is going to be Akello Witherspoon. Uh, Witherspoon does join Kevin Dotson as a pleasant surprise as far as the additions go. Uh, Dotson and Witherspoon, I mean, those are I mean, so underrated additions. I guess not for Rams fans, but uh, those additions were unbelievable but uh witherspoon he started the season absolutely locking down everyone and then he had a stretch where he was having a little bit more trouble not playing poorly but definitely had uh had not that same like shut down shut shut a dude's day down or uh a, 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 yeah did i say that right you get it <laughs> shut him down just, just like take him out of the game um but you know he's like i said he's gone up and down all year long and we'll have a tough battle this week amon ross st brown jameson williams josh reynolds there's a good, good, good wide receivers. And any of these guys can be like the centerpiece of the offense in any given situation, whether that's a drive, a quarter, a half, whatever. Uh, but Akello is uh, one of the ones we trust to have a game changing impact on, on, on in the secondary. He's one of those guys that we know he is absolutely capable of getting in the way of football and maybe taking it back the other way in a situation that completely changes the, the whole vibe of this game. He is absolutely one of those guys. And then uh, last year on the three to see, obviously Aaron Donald, obviously it's Aaron Donald playoff. Aaron Donald is not human. Aaron Donald getting to Jared Goff uh, was what helped the Rams get the first win against Jared Goff uh, in 2021. And then uh, you also got to think that AD wouldn't mind tossing Goff to the ground a time or two. And it's one of those things where Jared Goff, I like it. We, we feel like it's going to be a bit of a different game for him because He's going to be motivated. He's going to be ready. He's going to be focused. He's also got that crowd on his side. I feel like we could see uh, kind of a similar situation to that Saints NFC Championship game, the 2018 year, uh, where we're having a really, really hard time hearing. That is absolutely possible. That crowd's going to be on fire for this for this game for sure. But uh, you know, you get to Jared Goff a little bit, maybe toss him to the ground a little bit. I think the big thing is going to be take the crowd out of it. Uh, you, if we get some splash plays and that crowd kind of starts to to chill out a little bit. I think that's where the Rams will really be able to shine. Uh, let's take a look at some milestones here. So uh, we have uh, Matthew Stafford needs 113 passing yards to pass Jared Goff for second most passing yards in franchise history in the postseason. 
Of course, he will need to reach third first, which is only 40 yards to pass quarterback Vince Ferragamo. Not a name we mentioned a lot here on uh, Rams Showcase, but absolutely love throwing in a Vince, a Vince comment in there. Hell yeah. And uh, Matthew Stafford also needs six passing touchdowns to pass Kurt Warner for most in franchise history in the postseason. And uh, that, that feels pretty real. I mean, especially if the Rams have four more games. You know, we'll see how many, of course, we do play, but that feels like a pretty, uh, pretty realistic option there. Aaron Donald needs one and a half sacks to pass Kevin Green for the most sacks in franchise history in the postseason. So Kevin Green, uh, obviously, what a monster that guy was, man. But uh, Aaron Donald, he is currently just one sack behind Kevin Green of all time in franchise history in the playoffs. So one and a half would get that uh, field. I mean, obviously one and a half. That's 1,000% something that Aaron Donald is capable of putting together, you know. And then uh, Cooper Cup needs 135 receiving yards to pass Isaac Bruce for most uh, receiving yards in franchise history in the postseason, just six yards to pass Torrey Holt for second. So he is creeping up on both of those. And uh, Cooper Cup also needs six receptions to pass Marshall Falk for most uh, for for uh, most receptions in franchise history in the postseason, and needs just three to pass Torrey Holt for second. So Torrey Holt, uh, if uh, if if Cooper Cup is able to get three receptions for six yards, which I'll be honest, uh, feels pretty real, uh, then uh, Torrey Holt <laughs> get knocked down the uh, the 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 record books as far as the uh, postseason action goes for the Rams history here. And speaking of history, uh, the Rams all-time uh, lead against the Detroit Lions, 45-41-1. and one. The Rams have won the last two against the Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford versus Jared Goff is 1-1. One and one. They have each won one and lost one. And both of those wins came uh, for the Rams. And uh, the Rams, or excuse me, the Lions' last win was 2016 in Detroit. That was actually Matthew Stafford versus Case Keenum. That was Goff's rookie year, but uh, Case Keenum was still starting. That was a little bit earlier in the year. The most recent game between these two came on October 24th of 2021. That was the first time Stafford going against the Lions. The Rams did win that game 28-19. to They played it earlier today, which is, well, I guess we're into Thursday now, but I, I work on Wednesdays. That's why these come out kind of late. Um, I was watching the game in the in the studio uh, as they, uh, show, they showed that game. 28-19 uh, to win, though, for the Rams. Stafford went through... Uh, Excuse me. He went. He had 334 passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks for a 117.3 rating. First ever game between these two came on September 10th of 1937. Detroit Lions defeated the Cleveland Rams 28 to zero. Some connections in this one. So we have former Rams who are on the Lions now. I'm going to start with the obvious. Of course, quarterback Jared Goff. The Rams' most recent first-round pick, Jared Goff. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the the Rams' most recent first-round pick is played for a different team for a few years, and uh, that's cool, huh? Uh, but Goff was, of course, uh, Rams' quarterback from 2016 to 2020, and he was also the Rams' quarterback for Super Bowl 53 against the Patriots. Wide receiver Josh Reynolds in uh, he played for the Rams from 2017 to 2020. Long snapper Jake McQuaid. He was with the Rams from uh, 2011 to 2020. Offensive line coach Hank Fraley. Haven't heard that name in a while as uh, he was a player for the Rams in 2010. That was uh, Bradford's rookie year. The Lions cornerback coach is Dre Bly. He played for the Rams from 99 to 02. Some pretty damn good years for the Rams. And Dre Bly, absolutely love that guy. He's awesome. And uh, senior defensive analyst John Fox for the Lions 
He was, of course, a personnel consultant in 1996 for the St. Louis Rams. Former Lions who are on the Rams now, of course, the obvious quarterback, Matthew Stafford. He was with the Lions from 2009 to 2020. He was a first-round pick in, of course, 09 as well. And uh, then we have the offensive, uh, or excuse me, assistant head coach, Jimmy Lake. He was uh, 08. Uh, he was with the Lions in 08 as a DB's coach. Aubrey Pleasant was out there from 21 to 22, so pretty recent. And then uh, quarterback coach, Zach Robinson. He was a player for the Lions in uh, 2010. Again, Bradford's rookie season. That year, uh, the 2010 year is, is very much ingrained like into my life as um, uh, that was the first year I started watching football at uh, the bar that I go to now. And it was like, I was kind of like talking to some guys about it this, this last week. And it was like, I was like, dude, I've seen like so many different quarterbacks, so many top picks, and then like also a new city. <laughs> like there's been so many different changes like from uh, when I started watching football there. So it's kind of cool, but. Uh, let's take a peek at um, some connections here, as I'm definitely digging way deep into our fan quesos time, so I will not be able to get to all those, but I promise I will uh, get the the cool ones at least, all right? Or I get, they're all pretty cool, actually. I like a lot of these questions, but I'm not going to have time. Um, so, uh, NFL connections. John Johnson played in Cleveland with wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones. Hunter Long played in Miami with quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Brett Maher, barely Brett, as we refer to him as, as uh, he played in... Uh, in Dallas with Jake McQuaid, a long snapper, a uh, former Ram. Akella Witherspoon, Coleman Shelton, and Mike LaFleur played, uh, well, Mike LaFleur coached in San Francisco uh, with cornerback Emmanuel Mosley. And in college, we have some cool connections here as well. Jake Hummel played at Iowa State with running back David Montgomery. Kyron Williams and Benny Sko, the Sko Plow, uh, played at Notre Dame with linebacker Julian Okwara and tight end Brock Wright. A.J. Jackson played at Iowa with linebacker Jack Campbell, tight end Sam Laporta, who is unfortunately not looking to play in this game, and uh, tackle Matt Nelson. I say unfortunately because I like teams at their best. I think it's more fun that way. Jordan Fuller played at Ohio State with guard Jonah Jackson. Bryson Hopkins played at Purdue with linebacker Derek Barnes and quarterback David Blau. Demarcus Robinson played at Florida with linebacker Alex Anzalone. Austin Trammell making an appearance here. Played at Rice with punter Jack Fox. That's a that's a fun one because uh, Jack Fox going to be punting to Austin Trammell, former college teammates. I think that's awesome. And then a uh, Byron Young played at Tennessee with quarterback Hendon Hooker. That is your game preview. The Los Angeles Rams in the playoffs going to Detroit to take on the Lions. This is one hell of a matchup. This is going to be so much fun. Um, maybe we'll hop on a live stream beforehand. I'm not going to commit to that right now, but uh, I will schedule it ahead of time. If I am able to, it's also going to be like minus 24 in my city on Sunday. So I may be dealing with other things. Okay. I might be trying to not die out here. Minus 24. Are you kidding me? Like, come on. <laughs> Why is the air so angry, man? Uh, but uh, good news is uh, the Rams playing indoors uh, in Detroit. Uh, so that's absolutely good news for a, for a Southern California team to be playing in January. But yeah, let's make it indoors. We got some fan quesos, and I definitely want to try to get to as many as I can. Uh, so uh, we'll do that after this quick break. It's right here at Ram Showcase. Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. 
Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Time to hop into our fan quesos and uh, we have some cool ones. So I'm going to try to go through these, but with also giving reasonable answers uh so first annette asked where do i find this episode everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast annette next one from annette uh, can the rams get a new kicker still and if so do you think they will uh they absolutely can no i don't think they will unless brett maher i mean unless it's like one of those things where we win the game but like not because of brett you know uh then i would think that maybe it's possible but i i do think we're in for uh for brett for this uh for this playoff run Payo time. Uh, someone offers you Rams season tickets to go to every Rams game, but the catch is you can only wear opponents uh, to be, uh, yo, yo, uh, geez, the opponents to be their jersey and uh, you're not allowed to cheer for the Rams. Do you take the deal? Absolutely not. Dude, that's what, no, dude, get out of here with all that mess. If I have to wear the opponent's jersey and root for the opponent, that would mean I have to root and wear Arizona Cardinals, Seattle Seahawks, and 49ers jerseys? Like, no, I'm not doing that. And cheer for them? Absolutely not. I'd rather watch at home. I'd rather listen. I mean, whatever, dude. Like, I, like I'm not doing that. <laughs> not even a little bit, Payo Tom. I'm back at you, though, dude. Would you do that? Because, I mean, as much as I love going to SoFi Stadium, I am not going to do it in that kind of way. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, no. Definitely not. Now, let's see here. What current Rams player could you see being a head coach one day? Ooh, I see that somebody commented back to you and said Cooper Cup. I don't know if Cooper Cup uh, wants to coach. I don't know if he's really, I mean, he, I, I think that's a good pick for sure. Um, I, he's, his football knowledge is, is top tier. Um, but I would say as far as like a coach, I do think that Aaron Donald would, um, would maybe creep into that world. Um, but then I also got to think that um, it's possible that Stafford would, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I will say uh, Ernest Jones. I think that Ernest Jones is a guy who would coach uh, after his uh, his time with the Rams. Next one here from Peo. What advice uh, do you have for new Rams fans who have just picked the Rams as their favorite team the past few years? That's a really interesting question, actually. And yeah, um, I know that there are some here on Rams Showcase because I get those comments. I get those messages sometimes. So if I had to give advice to Rams fans who are new now, I would say I like I don't want to say the, like the advice that I would say if this was like a couple years ago, which is like, hey, don't get used to this. <laughs> I think I'm just traumatized by those St. Louis days where it was like, it was like we were awesome and then terrible for so long and not just terrible, not just like not sitting at like a six or seven win team, sitting at like a two win team for way too long. And so I would say the advice is, is just don't take it for granted. Like just understand that, um, that the being good is never a guarantee. You're never just locked in going to be good for sure. Even if you think so at the beginning of the year, that's never that's never locked in. Like even and on the opposite side of that, the the Rams weren't I guess supposed to be very good this year and they are. They're one of the hottest teams in the league today with incredible players. Possible offensive rookie of the year, possible defensive rookie of the year, uh one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, one of the best running backs in the league right now, probably the best coach in the league right now. So, I mean, this team is hot right now, but I guess just don't take it for granted because this can come crumbling down quick and it can last a long time till you can get it back going. Uh, so that's that would be my advice. And just enjoy it. Sit back and enjoy it. It doesn't have to be 
where we're always kind of looking forward. And that's a big part of why I don't get into draft talking like week three. Like some people, people are like, well, then, you know, if we do this and we can get Caleb, I don't care about Caleb. We got football games to talk about. I make it such a point in my life in general, not just here on this podcast or when I'm dealing with the Rams to live in the moment, to not just always be looking ahead or always looking back to be here today. And what, what is going on? Like what, what is the line? Be where your feet are. And my feet right now are in January 11th, early in the morning. It's 1 a.m. right now when I'm talking about this. But it's like, be where your feet are, dude. Uh, like right now, I don't care about anything else going on. I'm, ta- I'm trying to answer fan quesos, and I'm having fun with that. You know what I mean? But it's also in season. It's like, you know, the Rams three and six into the bye week. People are like, well, maybe we can get Caleb Williams or maybe we can get Marvin Harrison and stuff like that. It's like, well, yeah, but we also still have more football games to play. Eight of them. Like, let's so let's just let's just watch those instead, because. I also think that too, um, over time in my time of watching the Rams, it, I've, I've been very much like what's next always. And even like, even like in season, it's like, well, what about this off season or like in the off season, it's like, yeah, but this, this game, oh, this will be a good matchup. And it's like always looking ahead and never just sitting back and enjoying what we're doing actively. Like I'll get excited about the draft when it's draft day. Like I'll get excited about free agency when free agency begins at the beginning of the new league year. I don't need to care about that right now because we have a playoff game to talk about. Why the hell would I care about free agency or who we were going to re-sign or who, who might, who, who do I want the Rams to sign in, in March? We have a football game this weekend. Not everybody does. Not every team gets to play this weekend and we are one of them. So let's just be here now. Like, let's just be excited about that. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that like makes sense or if I'm like rambling too much about that. I'm just trying to get my point across of like, live in the moment, just enjoy it, sit back and just have a good time. Just be here for it, man. So that's it. And uh, next one here from Peo. Has your opinion on Wentz changed after watching him play? I think a better way to word that question, and I'm not trying to like call you out here, Peo, is um, how has my opinion changed um, with uh, uh, or after watching Carson Wentz play? I would say that my opinion has definitely changed. I think that it should have. If if you have the same opinion of... of um, of, of Carson Wentz before and after that game, then I, I, I think that you were, you were lying to yourself at the start of that. Carson Wentz hasn't been a good quarterback since 2017. And that was also one game. So let's also not get too crazy here. I don't want to say that like, yep, locked in Carson Wentz, backup quarterback. Love this guy. I'm not ready to do that. I will say I was extremely impressed with how he played. I was absolutely impressed with how he played. If I wasn't, then I would be the one lying or, you know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm not here to lie to you. That's, that's that, that I, I can confirm. I'm not here to lie to you, Peo. Uh, but I would say that um, I really like the dynamic of him being able to run the ball. That was really cool. Obviously, last time we saw a quarterback run that many times, uh, I mean, well, first of all, it's never happened <laughs> for the Rams. He also has never run that many times. That was really cool. But we also then found out afterwards that Mike LaFleur was calling the, uh, the offensive plays. So that probably had a bit to do with it as well. And then again, just a, a vanilla kind of offense because, well, that's what it was. I mean, we, we were playing backups, backups versus backups. And uh, it was kind of funny that like 49ers fans were like, yeah, but you beat our backups. Yeah, with ours though. Like, so what the hell, man? Like, <laughs> it's like, you can't use that if our backups played too. Like if we were in full force and, and we beat the backups by one point, then it's like, yeah, that's one thing. But like, come on, man. Like we had Carson Wentz. This guy's barely been here. He's never played for us before. Like, come on, get it together, man. But um, yeah, I would say uh, my opinion on Carson Wentz is that he is absolutely done enough. He's probably going to get a job. Um, 
this offseason. Kind of a Baker Mayfield situation. I think that he definitely showed enough fire and um, ability to run, and he had some really, really nice throws as well. Uh, some throws that you're like, damn, like, like not your average backup can do that. And uh, I do think that um, there will be some team out there that gets a little bit hungry and, uh, and goes after him. So I could see Carson Wentz going to a team like Seattle. I could see Carson Wentz going to a Patriots, especially if Bill leaves. Uh, and then obviously there's a lot of moving pieces as far as like surprise cuts and stuff like that. But I do think that Carson Wentz, my opinion on Carson Wentz is that he's done enough to uh, get a job and uh, he, or the Rams won't be able to keep him if they want to um, this, uh, this offseason as, as far as a backup. And uh, let's head over to the Facebook page here, and uh, we can, uh, let's see here. So we'll start with Lance, who actually is a Patriots fan. Funny, I was just talking about them. He said, I'm not even a Rams fan, but Puka to the moon. And I absolutely love that. It's super cool, Lance. I go I go way back with Lance. Um, I think we went to, like, middle school together. Maybe, we, maybe it's even further back than that. I don't know. I've known Lance forever, and he's actually one of, like, the one of the like one of the five people who are uh, Patriots fans like before they got cool you know um so so that's really cool uh Lance man shout out dude that's awesome man I appreciate you um and uh yeah man we gotta get together and uh put beers into our faces man let's do that uh, and then uh let's see here from uh David says does Stafford throw for 300 plus and no interceptions man I sure hope so that'd be that'd be super sick man last time played against the lions it went well um what did i say the numbers were 334 in yards three touchdowns no picks 117.3 rating and uh, he just looked real calm and in control in that game and uh, that was also only what his i want to say seventh game as a ram if i'm not mistaken uh it was very very early in that season i think the the lions came in zero and six if i'm not wrong there um, so yeah, it was kind of a, it's kind of one of those, but I don't know. Soul Stealer Matthew, man, dude, this is like, the, <laughs> this is, this is like his, this is his moment, man. Like straight up. Like, I, I know I kind of keep talking about that, but like, um, as far as like the, the career of Matthew Stafford, I feel like it's all kind of led to this a little bit. Like it led to, of course the Super Bowl, Um, but the fact that he kept playing, I think that this is something that he really wanted. And Again, I don't know if he's going to like lie to us and say, it's like, yeah, it's just another game. Just preparing like any other week, you know, I, cause if, if he says that it's like, he's lying and, and we, we, that's fine. You know, he's, he's, he's supposed to do that. He's supposed to say that. <laughs> so no harm, no foul kind of thing. But, um, I would say that, um, that Matthew Stafford is in a situation to, to maybe have one of his best games ever. And I know that saying that ahead of the game is like, is like, yeah, well, this guy just thinks that Stafford and the Rams are just going to go off or whatever. But I mean, genuinely look at it and then i'm mean, come back come back afterwards if you're a receipt kind of person i am not that kind of guy i think that's dumb like <laughs> bring it back up old tweets from the beginning of the season be like ah, oh, remember this guy said that we were only gonna win four games you idiots we didn't we won a lot more it's like all right what are you gonna do with that <laughs> like what do you get i don't know whatever that's irrelevant but um either way matthew stafford man i really do think he's in a situation to absolutely just go off in this game, Matthew Stafford for 900 yards, man, I'm calling it. Uh, next couple here come from Cody. This is, uh, this will wrap it up here. It says, uh, whose legacy will be affected more, Goff or Stafford, by a playoff loss? Uh, here, as I'm sure uh, this game will be talked about when talking about both quarterbacks and the historic trade for a long time. Dude, you're absolutely right. First of all, um, this is like, this is going to be one of those things that like, we'll talk about this in like Matthew Stafford's Hall of Fame conversation like when he's getting inducted 
that is this is going to be a topic that I talk about of like remember in you know in in the 2023 season where the Rams weren't even supposed to be that good and we went to Detroit and won like that that would be the moment like that would be something that we talk about for sure as far as like who's who gets their their legacy hurt more I I don't know if any if either legacy gets destroyed by this game I think that it only gets helped a lot and I don't think it's a, like a you lost this game so it's like oh you lost Matthew Stafford you guys suck like obviously we won that trade it didn't work out because it already worked out for the Rams, right? And then, like, if the if the Lions lose, they didn't make the playoffs last year, so they're still going in the right direction in a terrible division. So it's like, I mean, they're still they're still the class of the NFC North for years to come. It feels like, right? So I, I think that um, that it, that either team can have something where if they lose, they can look back and be like, well, at least it was this though, or like at least we got this. So, and also, I mean, <laughs> with the storylines in this game, man, I mean, like, I think the loser has to lose great, like, gracefully. You have to walk away and be like, that was a damn good game. Thank you for everything. And then just move on. Like, I, I really do feel like you can't be like, no, that was stupid, man. The ref did this and this guy, if this would not, like, no, don't, nobody needs to be doing any of that stuff. Because if the Lions win this game, they deserve to win this game. I mean, s- simply put, I mean, they're, they're that story. They're the story, man, of like, they, this almost feels like, like, there's so many different moving pieces of this, but, like, if you look at it from different perspectives, like, if you look at it from the Goff and Lions perspective, it feels like this should be, like, it's like, oh, obviously this is, like, the step to go on to the into the playoffs and, and, and move forward. But if you look at it from the Rams' point of view and Matthew Stafford, this is like, oh, obviously we go to Detroit and win and give that just that last little, like, see, we made the right call. We made the right call. And, like, and say, like, we, yeah, we, we knew that Matthew Stafford was all we needed. That's what you say, man. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if any legacy gets hurt um, by this, actually. So I, I guess I'm going to I'm going to answer your question by not answering it at all in uh, <laughs> that whole that whole running around, as uh, John Popper would say. Uh, so uh, next one here and last one here from Cody. How big of a factor is both teams defenses stopping the run uh, in this game in uh, for who is uh, going to come out the winner? Uh, do you have a score prediction? I was thinking about 27 to 24. Uh, thanks. <laughs> uh, you didn't say who's going to win. I'm going to guess you're saying uh, Rams on that one, man. But uh, as far as uh, the run defense, how much do I think that that'll factor in? I think it's going to be huge, man. If the Rams can run the run the ball, then the Rams' entire offense can run. If the Lions can run the ball, well, then we have we, we're having trouble because uh, that's where the Rams' defense is supposed to be good. So uh, I guess uh, for the Lions as well. but. Um, I would say to, I mean, it's a playoff game. It's January. I mean, you have to have a running game. I think that that's just, that's just what it is. Like, that's just, that's the name of the game. You have to be able to run the football. So uh, with that same, on that same coin, but on the other side, if uh, you're going to win in the playoffs, you need to be able to stop the run. So I think it's going to be huge in this game. So if the Rams can get it rolling early, I feel good about it. If, um, if uh, we're having trouble kind of stopping the, the, the Lions, because I also feel like the Lions are very much going to come in with a, a uh, like, keep the Rams offense on the sideline kind of mindset. And I think we're going to see some really long sustained drives from the Lions, or at least the attempt to have long sustained drives by the Detroit Lions. Um, so, yeah, thank you for your, uh, your quesos. Oh, you, you said score prediction there. I think that this is going to be quite the shootout, actually. I'm going 40-plus for each team. I'm going 45-42 Los Angeles Rams moving on. And uh, I actually do think, all too, I'll give you this one as well. I think that the Packers win in Dallas, which would mean they would go to San Francisco. 
And I also think that the only wildcard team not to win this week will be the Philadelphia Eagles falling to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is my picks. And uh, like it or not, I don't care. (laughs) It's not my problem if you like it or not. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we got a football game this weekend, uh, which is awesome because, well, we, we, we've played all the guaranteed games, and now we're into bonus season, so hell yes. I uh, might hit a live stream ahead of the game. We'll kind of we'll kind of feel it out, uh, especially that day, and kind of see how I'm feeling and stuff like that, and kind of see how everything's going. Uh, I would like to, though. I'll let you know that. Uh, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm, I'm kind of talking myself into it right now, so... Uh, so that's that's definitely a possibility. Maybe we'll do like a pregame pregame live stream for playoff games. How's that sound? So I'm, I'm talking myself into it. I feel like I'm already committing a little bit. So that's weird. So, uh, but yeah, that's uh, gonna do it for me. That's your game preview. Uh, you, we're getting ready for it. Postseason time. Los Angeles Rams at Detroit Lions is gonna be one hell of a game. Sunday night football about 5:15 for your kickoff on uh, on uh, NBC. So check it out and uh, maybe. We'll be back. Uh, well, we'll definitely be back next week, no matter what. Uh, maybe we get another game preview in us. So how does that sound? Uh, but that's going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio, the fan side of network, and Broad Street South. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you so much for listening. Go Rams! What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.